Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. Now has created the first ever payment system for business to business that allows a business that sells a good or service to another business or government to get paid immediately in a way that feels like taking a credit card. So it's not a loan and it's not factoring, but it accelerates the payment of the invoice. That was Laura Hodgson, co-founder, president, and CEO of NOW, and she is our special guest this week. This is episode 121 of the Leaders in Payments podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Myers. Laura grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. She got her undergraduate degree in aerospace engineering from Georgia Tech and went to business school at Harvard. She has started several businesses in her career, including Insomnia and Nourish, which was the inspiration for starting NOW. Now helps small and medium-sized businesses get paid immediately after sending an invoice. Their customers sign up for a Now account, upload their invoices into their Now account, and the receivables are basically converted into cash. It isn't factoring, and it isn't a line of credit. Laura shares an interesting startup story about how the company was formed and why. Laura has a passion for her family, including being room mom and team mom. She loves education and children. She has a professional passion for leveling the playing field for small businesses. We've got a great episode today, so let's get started. Hi, Laura. Thank you for being here, and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast. Thanks for having me, Greg. Absolutely. So let's dive right in. Tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, maybe a few things like that. Sure. Well, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, and actually went to Georgia Tech for undergrad. So I have a degree in aerospace engineering, which may not be common in the payment space, but it is really good for all of the rocket science jokes. When people say it's not rocket science, I always respond, we have that covered just in case. And so after Georgia Tech, I went to business school up at Harvard in Boston. And then after working a little bit in Chicago, a little bit in Boston, a little bit in Los Angeles, found my way back to Atlanta, where my family is, and started my own family. And I've been in Atlanta ever since. Great. Well, we'll cover your professional journey a little later in the conversation. But now let's turn to the company Now. And if you don't mind telling the audience what Now does. Sure. Now has created the first ever payment system for business to business that allows a business that sells a good or service to another business or government to get paid immediately in a way that feels like taking a credit card. So it's not a loan and it's not factoring, but it accelerates the payment of the invoice. Okay. And what type of customers do you target? Sure. Our clients are primarily small and mid-sized businesses. They are growing exponentially or aspire to grow exponentially. They sell to businesses or governments and they run the range of service providers like staffing companies, IT services, marketing services, consulting, as well as supply chain companies. So companies that 
make a product or distribute or warehouse or wholesale that product. Okay. And how big is the company? So we have 25 employees. We've processed over 700 million in transactions with our clients. We've served over a thousand small business clients that sell to about 10,000 business and government customers. So there's not certain verticals that it makes sense. It's really pretty much a horizontal type solution. It is. And that's really the beauty of it is that as long as the good or service is being sold from one business to another business or a government or a nonprofit, just not a person with a social security number, we can process that transaction and accelerate the payment. Maybe if you don't mind picking out one of those use cases and giving us an example of exactly how it works. Absolutely. Well, the use case I'm going to share is my own because it's the reason we started Now Account. So if you went back about 15 years, which is when my son was born, I had started a company called Nourish, which was a patented consumer product that we sold through retailers and distributors. And when we first started the business, We were selling primarily to smaller retailers and distributors, and the vast majority of our customers paid us with a credit card. And so when we would ship a case of product, we would accept a purchasing card or a credit card for payment. And it worked fantastic because, as you know, when you accept a card for payment, you settle that transaction that day or the next day, and you're paid the full amount of the transaction minus a merchant fee. So as our business started to grow and we started selling to national retailers and national distributors, the orders went from cases to truckloads that had a lot more zeros on them. And when we would ask if they were willing to pay with a card, the vast majority were not. Because in B2B transactions, less than 2% of transactions are processed on the card system. The vast majority of them said, no, thank you. I'd like an invoice with net 30 or net 60 or net 90 or here recently, even net 120 days. That, of course, is an incredible burden for a small growing business. And it essentially makes me the free bank to my customers. And so everyone told me I had a working capital issue and I should just go get a line of credit or try factoring. And I kept thinking, why am I the one borrowing money? I'm the free bank here. Quite frankly, my customers should borrow money at a lower cost of capital and pay me faster. And so as I looked for solutions out there, not wanting to take on any type of line of credit or factoring, I was really intrigued with the credit card system. And so now account was designed in such a way that when I deliver the good or service to my customer, I ask them, would you like to pay me with a card? If they say yes, then I should take it. If they say, no, thank you, send me an invoice, or they probably don't even say thank you. They just say, no, send me an invoice. I send them the good or service. I send them the invoice with the same terms that have normally been on it, but the remittance address is a lockbox. They will get that invoice. It says net 30. They will probably pay in about 60 days. They still make the check out to the supplier, to me, and they remit to that lockbox. But when I submitted the invoice, it also went to my Now Account app and I was paid the full amount of the invoice within two days minus a one-time 3% merchant fee. So for the seller of the good or service, when they receive that full payment within two days, it feels exactly like they accepted a visa. 
but their customer didn't give them a visa. The customer got an invoice with terms and paid how and when they normally would. They even make the payment out to their supplier, but they remit it to a lockbox or an account that we control. Okay, so the customer gets paid immediately, and then it's on you to get paid by the supplier. Yes, and what's interesting is we do not chase the customer to expect them to pay in any way faster or different than they normally would. So we pay the supplier immediately. They book that revenue as cash, and they have a one-time 3% merchant fee. They're off growing their business. Their customer is going to pay the invoice in the future. And when they make that payment to their supplier, it gets remitted directly to us. We manage that in terms of sending out monthly statements with our client's name on them. But we do not do anything that you would think would be normal in a factoring or a lending operation where we might be chasing that customer to change their behavior. Well, maybe for our audience that may not know about or know much about factoring, maybe if you could explain sort of the difference between what you guys do in factoring. Oh, yes, absolutely. In our office, we refer to factoring as the other F word. But the way factoring would work, if I was a supplier and I were factoring an invoice, I would typically go to the factor, give them the invoice, they would advance me some percentage of the invoice, maybe around 85%, could be less than that. You would send the invoice to your customer. You would then pay interest on that amount of money that you've been advanced until the customer pays the invoice. At the point in time when the customer pays the invoice, you would stop paying the additional interest. In many cases, if the customer doesn't pay the invoice, that would be charged back to you, which now makes that factoring really a very expensive loan. With Now Account, what is very different is that when you upload the invoice to Now, you pay a one-time flat merchant fee, the same way you would if you accepted a card for payment. So whether your customer takes 30 days or 45 days or 60 days or they never pay, your fee doesn't change. Just like when you swipe your card at Starbucks, they pay that merchant fee when and if you pay your visa bill does not affect the fee that they pay. Nor if you don't pay your visa bill, does it get charged back to Starbucks unless they didn't give you the coffee. So the one thing that is very different is that we charge a one-time merchant fee as opposed to a financing type charge. The second thing that's very different is because Now Account is truly a merchant service like the card system, it is off balance sheet for the small business that's using it. And what I mean by that is when you use your Now Account, you book the revenue that you receive as cash paid in full and you book a one-time expense. There is no liability on your balance sheet like you would have if you drew on a line of credit or you used factoring. And because of that, Now Account can coexist very nicely with your bank facilities. You might have an SBA loan. You might have a line of credit with your bank. You can have those finance solutions, those debt solutions, and still use your Now account just like you can have a loan and accept credit cards for payment. Okay. Well, you mentioned a few things that make you different than other ways, but what about what differentiates you from your direct competitors out there? 
So interestingly enough, when I hear people say they have no competitors, I always roll my eyes because that's never true. But when you look at what Now Account is doing, a merchant service for B2B, there is no one else doing exactly what we're doing. And we actually own the trademarks for the words Now and Now Account in financial services. And we've also patented our credit enhancement system. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have competition. Our competition tends to be other solutions that a business might turn to to access capital. But those would tend to be things like lending solutions or factoring solutions. And so in a way, those are competition because they provide a service that another person might perceive as solving the problem. But we would argue that if you have a cash flow problem because your customers are taking longer to pay, and you turn to lending or factoring solutions, that might temporarily cover up the pain of the problem, but it's not truly solving the underlying problem because it's not actually accelerating the true payment. It's just advancing you cash so that you can less painfully wait for that delayed payment. And so we believe that over time, by covering up the pain, you allow the problem to persist and grow as opposed to using a payment solution like Now Account or accepting credit cards, you do in fact solve the problem. Do you also offer credit cards as a solution or just the Now Account? We don't offer credit cards because remember, our client is the seller of the good or service. Whereas in the credit card space, the credit card is typically initiated by the buyer of a good or service, right? So a credit card you would use to buy things and pay later, whereas now account you use to sell things and get paid immediately. We often accept cards for payment. If our client's customer ultimately wants to pay the invoice with a card, but we ourselves don't offer credit cards because we offer sales solutions as opposed to something you would use to buy things. That makes sense. And what is your go-to-market strategy? Do you work through a direct sales force or do you have partnerships or a little of both? It is a little of both. We have fantastic partnerships with folks that we believe have a trusted voice with that small business market. And the reason that's so important is I think it is incredibly unfortunate that many small businesses have either systematically been excluded from many solutions that are out there, or they've been served in such a way that feels somewhat predatory. And so I joke that it's the F word, but people really do feel disenfranchised and in many cases underserved by many of the solutions that have been out there in the factoring and lending space. And so when we went to market, we said, who can we partner with that has a trusted voice? Because you don't know us enough to trust us yet but we guarantee you will once you try it. And so we have partnerships, for example, with the Coca-Cola company. Coca-Cola would very much like to grow their spend with disadvantaged businesses like women-owned businesses and minority-owned businesses, but they recognize that it is hard to do that when the corporate sort of infrastructure requires a lengthy payment time. That creates a burden. And so they will offer the Coca-Cola Now Account Program to diverse suppliers as a way to encourage them to do more work with Coca-Cola, knowing that they can get paid in two days instead of waiting 
30, 60, 90 plus. We also partner with folks like chambers of commerce, credit unions, and organizations like the Minority Supplier Development Council. There's an NMSDC nationally and a GMSDC in Georgia. We work with various groups from SBA, like the MBDA centers through the Department of Commerce and the SBDCs, which are some of the local small business educational centers. We have some great partnerships. We've also partnered with Intuit. So Now Account and QuickBooks can be integrated and you can find the Now Account app in the Intuit app store. Oh, wow. And they just made a big announcement yesterday. Add some more punch to that partnership. That's right. My neighbor down the street, MailChimp. Congratulations. Hey everyone, this is your host Greg Myers with some exciting news to share. October is Financial Inclusion Month and we're going to be talking about all of the products, services, and ways that the payments and fintech industry help support the underbanked and unbanked. Be on the lookout for the first episode on October 6th. A special thanks to our title sponsors, The Clearinghouse and PaySafe Cash. Now back to the show. Where do you see the payments industry heading? And if you want to answer it more from sort of the B2B payments side of things, that's fine as well. But where do you see it heading in the next, say, two to three years? I think payments is one of the most incredible industries because we have an awesome responsibility in the near future. And I think that a lot of the innovation that was driven early in the B2C payment space is just now making its way into the B2B space. But the B2B space is humongous. I don't think I've used that word since I was five, but it is incredibly large because if you think about it, last year, you can debate there was what, somewhere around $7 trillion in card transactions. There was over $33 trillion of trade transactions in the United States last year. And a third of that is originated by small and mid-sized businesses. Up until now, when a small and mid-sized business had a quote-unquote cash flow problem, they were counseled to turn to financial institutions for finance solutions. But I think what COVID showed us in the last year is that the natural supply chain of capital to small businesses is not what we thought it was. It's not actually finance. And we saw this because when the government tried to get money into the hands of small businesses, they sent it through the financial institutions that we all assumed were the natural supply chain, and the money didn't go where we thought it was going to go. Not because anyone did anything wrong, but in fact, because the money went where those financial institutions naturally serve, and it's not small businesses. And I believe that the vast majority 90 plus percent of the dollars that ever enter a small business come through commerce, not through finance. And if that is true, which I know it's true, but if most of the dollars come through commerce, then that means the innovation is in the payments world, not the finance world. So when I say we have an awesome responsibility, I think that a great deal of the economic development that we're going to see coming out of the challenging years we've had with the pandemic is going to be driven by innovation in the payment space because that 
is what is the game changer for small businesses. And that is what will drive our economy growth. Yeah. And it sounds like a lot of what you guys are doing, you hear this, it's, it's kind of a cliche, I guess, but taking a lot of the friction out, right? I mean, you're making it a very simple, easy process, easy to sign up, easy to execute. And I think we've all heard that and everyone uses Uber as the example in the consumer world, but really taking the friction out of the process. And I think that's one of the things you guys really do. I think you're right, Greg. And what I said at the beginning, if anyone knows friction, it's an aerospace engineer. Because my entire undergraduate curriculum was around balancing lift and drag. So I think about payments and our client experience as an aerodynamics problem. How do we remove the friction, but recognize you can't remove all of the friction because if you remove all friction, you have no direction, right? I mean, if you take all friction out, you're just wandering around. And so we are very intentional about thinking about that client experience. Our clients don't necessarily want to know everything that happens. Just like when I swipe my card at a retailer, what I really want is to very quickly and seamlessly and in a very convenient way, access the product that I'm trying to access. For our clients, when they use Now Account, they just want to know that they can create an invoice, send the invoice, and within two days, they are paid in full. And when we accomplish that, not only are they overjoyed with the experience, but it truly changes everything about their business because they can now confidently go after large contracts with large customers that they never would have dreamed taking on, knowing that if they had to wait 30 plus days to get paid, they would highly likely grow out of business instead of go out of business. I love it. Well, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about you. And if you don't mind picking up the story, you were had your undergrad degree at Georgia Tech. You went to Harvard. So maybe fill in the gap between Harvard and today. Sure. So when I graduated from Harvard, I had actually studied in Japan before that. I was on a track scholarship at Georgia Tech, and my advisor somehow convinced me that I should take the opportunity to do things I would never do. And for me, that was traveling to Japan and having to speak no English. My charades got really good. And I really learned a lot about sort of the business world. So when I went to Harvard, I really was kind of wide-eyed and bushy-tailed, right? I didn't know much about the business world because I'd been living in an aerospace fluid dynamics lab at Lockheed. And so I realized people had jobs I'd never heard of before. And when I came out of HBS, I was approached by a serial entrepreneur who had just started one of the first kind of web integration technology strategy creative firms called IXL. And I went to that company to work with the CEO to do what I was told was going to be a few acquisitions. 18 months later, I explained that 42 is not a few. And we essentially did a large roll-up where we acquired businesses all around the world. I basically sort of raised my hand and said, this has been great doing all these deals, but I want to run something. Like, I want to know if my ideas actually work. And so I stepped in and I took over the retailer and consumer products practice for IXL globally, grew that practice. We ultimately sold it. And I went to another startup when I started a company called Dunk which was a just-in-time 
footwear brand that I started with Shaquille O'Neal and Mike Piazza and Oscar De La Hoya and other athletes, really using the Dell model of manufacturing for footwear. And so we launched that business. We built a very innovative facility in Macau. And as that business was growing, the market crashed in 2001. And so I came back to Atlanta. My mother-in-law at that point was picketing for grandchildren and explaining to me that if I kept traveling the world and commuting to Los Angeles, that she wasn't going to have grandchildren. And that was not acceptable. So came back to Atlanta took over as COO and chief marketing officer for a large real estate development company. And that was really where I got more involved in the finance side of things and started to personally understand many of the things I had studied in school, but they had just been academic until that point. So I ran that development company for about five years and I did become a mother. So I successfully accomplished my mother-in-law's priority task. And at that point, it was really becoming a mom that caused me to stop helping other people start their businesses and start my own. Because I realized that I am a workaholic by nature. When I'm doing something, I absolutely am all in. But I didn't want to miss being a great mom. And so I started the first of a series of businesses primarily because I wanted the flexibility to be a great mom, a great wife, and a great CEO. And so the first company that I started was called Insomnia. And I started it with a business partner of mine that I met through Leadership Atlanta. And her name is Stacey Abrams, who now most people know who that is. So Stacey and I started Insomnia. We did very complex kind of world-changing projects. We were sort of like Mikey on the Life commercial. If you can't figure it out, give it to Laura and Stacey. And so we worked with a native Alaskan company, did a lot of work with a water reservoir company in South Florida, a lot of big infrastructure projects. And what was so unique about that is it got us to think from an infrastructure perspective. So when we started Nourish, which was the children's water product, which the inspiration was my son spilling things in the back of my car, when we started to experience this challenge of not getting paid on time, because we had looked at problems from an infrastructure perspective, rather than just going down the street and getting a line of credit or factoring like everyone told us, we said, wait a minute, if everyone has this problem, then the existing solutions must not be very good. So instead of solving our own problem, let's dig deeper and solve the problem for everyone. And that's how we ended up starting Now Account. Gotcha. Yeah. Typically, most of the founders that I talk to, there is a problem that they are solving, and that is their inspiration. So no surprise that that's what got you guys going with the the Now Account product. Absolutely. I truly do believe that when I counsel entrepreneurs, I work as an entrepreneur in residence at Harvard. Well, I volunteer, but we call it, it is work. What I often tell people is if you have an idea in search of a problem, that's going to be a really tough thing to scale. But if you are laser focused on the problem and the problem drives the solution, that has a much greater chance of sustainable success. Agree 100%. So let's talk about you personally a little bit and what you're passionate about. So maybe one thing business related that you have a strong passion for and maybe one personal thing. 
Sure. My greatest passion in life is my family. And when I'm not doing my day job, I serve as room mom for just about every classroom and team mom for everything from lacrosse to basketball. I often find that the children in the class are better behaved than the adults that I deal with during the day. (laughs) I love education and I love children. And so I also started a charter school in Southwest Atlanta that serves a little over 700 scholars in grades K through eight. And the school is 99% free and reduced lunch. So the vast majority of our scholars will be the first in their family to not only finish high school, but to go to college. And so my passion from a family perspective, which is education, lifelong learning, if I spend a dollar, it never goes into a thing, it goes into an experience. Because to me, experiences are what life is all about. And things don't matter that much. So that is my true passion is my family and working with children. And then from a business perspective, I wake up every day and I am just so passionate about the role that small businesses play in this economy because everyone agrees, no matter what side of the political aisle you're on or what geography you come from, Everyone would agree with the statement that small businesses are the engine of our economy. The challenge is this engine has no fuel. And the solutions that have been presented over time tend to be miniaturized solutions that larger companies use. But small businesses aren't miniature large businesses. And their goal is not to be small forever. Like small should be a point in time, a temporary status, not a permanent status. And so I am so passionate about leveling the playing field for small businesses and disadvantaged businesses because the combination of education and small business are what change the world. That's what changes the trajectory of your family forever. And so that is truly my passion. The other thing I would say I am always passionate about because everyone asks me about it is how I balance all of those things. They're like, how in the world can you run a company and chair a school and still be the lacrosse team mom? And I learned a long time ago that particularly women, we love to debate this topic of work-life balance and whether you can have it. And it's actually not a hard question. There is an answer. You can have it. The problem is you don't want it because it stinks. If everything is balanced, it's very much like a seesaw on a playground. And if you see a seesaw that is balanced, there are two things you know. Number one, no one is having any fun because you are just dangling. Number two, everything is average. And if your goal in life is to balance, then that means you are okay with being an average mom, an average wife, and an average CEO. And I'm not okay with that. So I have dedicated my sort of career life not to balancing anything, but to optimizing everything which means I live in the present. When I am with you, you have my full attention. I am not sending a work email and trying to play with my child, which is completely unfulfilling for my child. And I just spelled every word wrong in the text. And so really focusing on optimization and excellence as opposed to balance. And I think there is such a freedom that comes from acknowledging that you can have balance, you just don't want it. 
Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I always ask this question, which is advice related as well, is I started in payments 16 years ago and really just kind of fell into the industry back before the word fintech even existed. I haven't been able to get out of the industry, but a lot of people today coming out of college, they see payments in fintech as this hot, sexy industry to be in, so much money being invested in it, so many reasons to make this a career. So my question is, what advice would you give someone saying coming out of college and they want to get into payments or fintech? What would you tell them to do to be successful? I think that the most amazing thing about payments is the diversity of people that are in it. And you made the comment, you fell into it. I think that's what's so beautiful about it is most of us come into payments, maybe unintentionally, maybe because of an experience like the pain I had that led to now account. Or maybe they fall into it, like you said, but that's what's so awesome about it is that people come to the industry from so many different places that it creates this innovation culture of not being stuck with the way things have always been done. So my advice would be if you're coming out of college and you think this is an area of interest, recognize that God gave you two ears and one mouth and use them proportionally. Which, And by that, what I mean is ask lots of questions. Go to conferences and just listen. Think about how you touch payments every day. Because the beautiful thing about payments, and this is not true of most industries, is everyone is touched by it, right? I mean, that is not true of the aerospace industry. Yes, you might all fly on a plane, but there are parts of the aerospace industry that only specialized people will ever touch. What is amazing about payments is it affects the life of every single person. So think first as a customer, because that's where your greatest ideas will come from. And once you can think like the customer, you are invaluable to any payments company. Yeah, I love that. That's great advice. Well, Laura, we've covered a lot of ground on you, the company, the future of payments. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we wrap up? No, I mean, this is phenomenal. People often look at me and they're like, how can you get that excited about payments? And I always laugh because I'm like, is there ever a more exciting part of your day than when you get paid? I mean, it is like viscerally emotional, right? So I do think that the payments industry, the leaders in the payments industry, the future leaders in the payments industry that join us as they come out of school, we really do have the potential to change the world in so many ways. And I think that's both exciting, it can be frightening, but it is exhilarating. So I hope everyone joins us. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know your time is very valuable. So I really thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story. Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please share on your social channels as well. 